Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. So welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside my usual co-host uh, Dylan and Jimmy. But we have an incredibly special guest. Um, if we tried to go through like all the stuff she's done so far in her life, we'd be here forever. And we actually want to ask questions. So uh, welcome to the show, uh, Florence Schelling. How are you doing, Florence? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Again, like we said before the show, we're just a, a little podcast, so it's a privilege to have on a, a four-time Olympian. So. Thank you so much for coming on. And before we get into any of the hockey stuff, I you just have such a cool background, and I want to have to, and I'm, I bet you, like that's probably what a lot of places in Switzerland look like. So I just want to ask you what <laughs> what Switzerland is like. Like, what's your favorite part about Switzerland? Whether it's like the culture, the people, or the food, or any of that. Um. Well. <laughs> That's kind of a hard question to start <laughs> off. I I love everything about Switzerland. Yeah. It's really, um, I mean, the scenery with like all the mountains that we have is mm-hmm. just a beautiful, um, like it's a small country. So uh, traveling within the country is perfect because it doesn't take that long to go from one place to the other and you're like in a completely different um city that speaks a different language like we have four different national languages um so it's just like everything culture people landscape it's just beautiful to be from switzerland and to live here that's i think that's what's different between living in europe and then in like north america where if you go like travel like a few hours east in europe you're in a different country whereas uh, if you're in canada you travel a few hours east you're in the middle of nowhere so i find that i find that so cool and uh like switzerland's a place i want to go to like you mentioned like the scenery the swiss uh, the swiss alps um the people just seem so nice there um and like i just want to ask like what's the cuisine like there in switzerland like what's what's different what would it be different from here in north america um the cuisine is like we don't i would say we don't have like a special cuisine but like we I do have some special dishes such as like fondue and yeah. um so we're big on like the cheese yeah uh, but that's not something that you'd eat every day uh it's more for like a weekend and like get together with the family and stuff that's when you do those um things and then like 
we we're big on chocolate as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Definitely. Yeah. We wanted to head off. Uh, started off with that hard hitting question. So. Um. I'm gonna hand the floor to Dylan. He has a question to ask for you. So um, I, when we were, we were kind of looking at uh, kind of your resume, basically, and all your accolades and whatnot, and we realized that uh, you played for Switzerland during the U18s, and um, I just kind of wanted to know what that experience was like, you know, representing your country as a, as a young teenager and being on such a big stage and just, you know, having that moment. I'm just curious what that was like. It was um, very special. At the same time, I was so young, I probably didn't fully understand what it meant. Um, for me, it was like, obviously, I was proud uh, to be able to represent Switzerland at such a young age. At the same time, I just wanted to play. Um, I, I wanted to play the game. And to me, it didn't really matter too much at the time, um, you know, putting on the Swiss jersey or a club jersey. Um, but at the same time, like it was, I was very honored. I was proud to be able to do that. But for me, it was more of like, I just wanted to play and I wanted to play at my best. You were 16 and though, like the first time you played at the Olympics, right? Yes. Or just turning 17. Cause like, that's so crazy to me because I did so many stupid things as a 16 year old. I can't even imagine playing on one of the biggest stages, like in the hockey world as a 16 year old goalie. That is so. I was playing house hockey in high school or something, man. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like I was so young. Um, like my experience at the, at the Torino Olympics it was so different than like my experiences in my other three Olympics, just because like, obviously I, I grew older. I understood more what the Olympics are all about and like what it really meant to be part of the Olympics and, and like play there. Whereas when I was 16, like I, I felt more of like a tourist than, than anything else. <laughs> because it's just like, it was overwhelming. It was just so much. And at the same time, I didn't understand it. Well, Florence, we've uh, obviously on this topic and uh, just in general, everyone knows you have this long, uh, long history in the Olympics. You've been there multiple times, four times to be exact. If there was one memory you wish you could go back and uh, experience again, which one would it be and why? Definitely um, going back to the Sochi Olympics um, and that being the bronze medal game, um, mm -hmm. going back to like the last probably five minutes of that game and just like yeah. live it the like really the last couple of minutes of that game um and then like until the buzzer sounded and we won that bronze medal yeah what did that feel like that entire entire experience because i believe that was uh the highest switzerland ever uh placed yeah like that that experience is unreal and like just talking about it now i get goosebumps um yeah. it's really it's it's hard to put into words what what that really meant and like what was going through my my mind at the time it was just like kind of everything coming together like all the all the hard practices like the the sore legs and and like <laughs> the conditioning training the weight training all the on ice training the off ice training like everything just came together and it's just like okay, th this is what 
this is the reason why we we went through all of that this is why we do all of that that's why we practice every day to be able to celebrate um such such a moment that's beautiful Oh yeah, I can imagine the um, every second ticking off that clock felt like a minute. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Just, I had yeah. um at the time when I was participating at the at the Sochi Olympics, I was working for the International Ice Hockey Federation, and so um, they one of my my colleagues was actually filming me for for the last five minutes of the game. He just had the camera like full on just me. And he sent it to me after. And like, whenever I look at that, I'm laughing because you can actually see, like, I'm shaking, like, I'm like, like moving my, my body. And I was just like, oh my God. But that's what, what you play doing? for. That's what you play for those moments, those last five minutes, the crunch yeah. time. That's what you play yeah. for. That's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm pretty sure as like a 13 year old watching that game, I got up at like four or five in the morning watching it but i don't remember how it went do you remember how the game went down like in terms of scoring yes um, so we were actually we were actually down to nothing going that's into right, the third that's right and then uh we we even it out so we went to two two and then we scored the the third goal and then they t- pulled the goalie and actually the youngest member of our team, Alina Mueller, she then scored an empty netter, making it 4-2. And then I got scored again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was 4-3. So it's, like... it's like not out of the woods yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it, was, it was, oh my God. Yeah, what it... I... Sorry, because I what remember watching real? the game. Yeah, I remember watching the game, and I'm like, I'm pretty like I don't remember how it went, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Switzerland was trailing by either yeah. one or two goals heading into that third, and I was just like, that was like, it seems like such a hard mountain to climb against a good Sweden team, but the the fact that uh, so again, such a small country like Switzerland prevailed, that's like that's just such a that's just such an awesome story, especially at the Olympics. Yeah, thank you. Um. What's been your favorite place to play at just like anywhere in the world? It, it can just be an arena or like just like visiting a city. That doesn't include Switzerland, obviously. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's like I, I, I visited so many different ranks. Um, and oh, my God. I don't well, I guess know. like some that just stand out. That doesn't have to be one particular. I mean, one that's like really like you got my heart is Matthews Arena in Boston. Um, that's like, I mean, it's an iconic like rink. Um, and uh, I had the privilege to play there being a student at Northeastern University. Um, and so playing there, obviously, like walking into uh, Matthews Arena every day. Um, it surely was was something very special knowing it was the home of the Boston Bruins and the Celtics back in the days. Um, so that was surely very, very special. Um, probably, yeah, thinking about it now, probably the most special one that I that I ever played in. I'm pretty sure that arena is like obviously because you bring like that that's the Bruins old home so I must have I'm pretty sure that arena is pretty old so that's that's pretty cool that you got the the experience of playing there um yeah. so they did they did renovate it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah still got all yeah. the same stuff yeah. in the 70s. <laughs> oh man 
I got to imagine that um, playing hockey at Northeastern was pretty awesome because, like, I mean, I, at least from all my friends that I talk about or talk to, I mean, hockey in the Northeast is just so big and everyone goes to all the games and stuff. I, I How was that playing for Northeastern? And what, what like, for me, it was just, like, overall a, a great experience because coming from Switzerland, um, women's hockey is not big at all in Switzerland um before before actually um winning the bronze medal at the olympics in sochi in 2014 when i would tell people that i'm a hockey player they're like looking at me weirdly <laughs> and be like wait do women play hockey and so like people in switzerland really didn't know that women hockey existed and that women can play hockey and, and all of that so obviously um like growing up i played boys and men's hockey and for me like moving to boston that was like a big switch um culturally and and everything but then also for me to play in a women's only team throughout the entire season that was something new to me and just like the 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 standard that women's hockey had in the states was such a big difference that i really enjoyed like we were set equal in terms of like the title nine um, we were equal to like what the men got, like we had the same opportunities and, and all of that. So it was just like, it was so refreshing for me. And, and I, I really enjoyed every second of it. Oh yeah. I college hockey is just such a treat. And I, I just, it's gotta, it's gotta be awesome to play for one of the bigger schools. Like, like you said, like this is so cool. You come over and that's your first experience. It's gotta be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, my next question, uh, unless you guys got something to add here, or... Well, I was actually curious, um, Florence, growing up in, in Switzerland, you mentioned there's not really women's hockey, and I would, I, um, uh, not to uh, rag on Switzerland, you know, it, hockey's not as big as it is uh, in other countries and such. Did you, were there any, um, any idols you had that were either from the area or uh, maybe from the IHL, just really anywhere? Who were those for you? Um... So I actually, growing up, I never really had an idol. Um, what I instead loved to do was I, I just loved watching hockey games. Um, be that any team that I was actually able to watch, I, I would go and watch. And I would always observe goalies and see what they did um, differently than what I did. Um, and like just pick pick things up from what I saw them doing. And then um, I tried to do that in practice or eventually then also in games. And so I would just like try and apply the things that I saw on, on other goalies. And so um, in the end, like every, every goalie around the world kind of became my idol just because I felt like every goalie has so many different aspects to their game. And I didn't want to just like copy one, but be like, learning from everybody and and just taking that and, and apply it to my game that's a computer brain that's incredible like <laughs> that's like i could never i could never add all that information to my mind if i tried that's incredible i guess that's you know and this is not like end up a four-time olympian you know this is not a knock but i feel like you've got to be different to be a goalie which is which is so yeah. awesome yeah you know what never like what's to say never meet your heroes might as well just like not have one hero just take all the information and be your own hero, own hero. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, res I respect that so much yeah. <laughs> um 
So my next question, I want to get too dark with this, but obviously, like, your spine injury, like, that was just, I remember reading an article about it, and, like, that just, like, felt like, ugh, like, when I read it, I just felt so awful, and I wonder what it was like, like, during the darkest days of those, and, like, what help you got through that, because, obviously, during COVID right now, like, people are going through a, a really hard time right now, and I'm just wondering, like, if you have any advice on getting through it's, like, downtime like that. Absolutely, like, um, my my spine injury was definitely um, the, the worst injury I've ever had and it put me in a situation that I was never in before. Um, but at the same time, I, I took this as an opportunity. Um, like literally from, from the moment I received the information that I, ha- I fractured my spine and that I'm gonna have to get surgery, um, I kind of took this as like a shock at first. But then like I pretty soon went into surgery and once I woke up for surgery, like the doctors told me like everything went well. Um, you know, they explained the process that what they did and, and like what's gonna happen now, like the, all the things that I have to do. And I kinda like from that moment on, I just looked at it in a very positive way because with an accident like I had, basically have three options. Option one is you die. Option two is you paralyzed. And option three is you will make a full recovery. And for me is I knew at this time that I will make a full recovery. So I I just looked at it in a positive way because I knew the recovery is not gonna be fun. I knew it's gonna take a long time to recover. But at that same time, I knew I was able to recover um, and I won't be in a wheelchair and I'm still alive. So I, I kind of just like, I looked at the different um, options or situations that I could have been in. And in the end, like um, I was lucky enough to to ha- like chose the best situation. And I think I just like throughout this whole time um, during my rehab and all of that, I just kept reminding myself that I, I was just so lucky to, to like be able to go through that recovery and and know that I eventually will be well again. That's so awesome to hear because obviously life isn't uh, perfect. Like we're always going to go through our downs and ups. So it's just so awesome to hear you have such a positive outlook on uh, something that, uh, like that just like affected your life. That can take apart many people's lives. Really? That can, that can really, yeah, that can change everything. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And like even now with like this whole COVID situation, like um I'm I'm lucky enough, like I have not been infected by COVID, neither has anybody in my family. So like That's I look at it as a very positive way. Um in times where we were in lockdown, I like obviously I know it's it's very hard for a lot of people at the same time. Um I looked at it in a positive way because then I'm like, okay, I can do so much. Um, things that usually like at home that usually you keep pushing off because there's other things you could do that are much more fun and stuff so I just like always try um, to look at the situation that we're in as it is what it is and figure out a way to look at it in a positive way love that it is what it is um (laughs) so you kind of bring up like like being in lockdown like uh did you pick up any activities while like on lockdown like just that basically anything like it could even just be like did you binge watch any tv shows or any of that (laughs) um not 
honestly not really but like what I did it's like I you know I just like the regular stuff like I cleaned out my closet I was um you know cooking a lot more than I usually did just like the, the basic stuff like I um I yeah like I I did what I was able to do at home um and and I was still able to like you know like we we in Switzerland we were never in like a hard lockdown um like I believe you guys were in North America yeah Mm-hmm. still so, are really but mm. yeah, yeah yeah unfortunately so like we never had like this hard lockdown so we were still able to like go outside so I was able to um go for a walk around the lake and just stuff like that so it wasn't like just sitting at home and, and like basically waiting until you're free again um so I do think it's a, it's a bit of a different situation than what you guys experienced yeah Uh, just like during the just during covid like just even going out on like not many places are open and if they are it's like you can't really do much because it's just such a Mm -hmm. limited capacity again it's just kind of finding like just positive things to do and the stuff you Mm -hmm. kind of take for granted even just like going for a walk I'm like oh it's so nice to so nice to get out even if it's like super cold sometimes at least for me being in here in Canada so yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um I actually so um for the next question i had a question about when you started in uh management and coaching because um i as someone who wants to work in the sports industry it's um you know it's kind of a it's a business where it's it's not about what you know it's about who you know in a way so i was just kind of wondering um what was maybe like the best advice someone gave you when you first got in the the industry or maybe there was like a mentor or someone that helped you out that like that really gave you good advice along the way i was just i was just curious when you first got into the industry um well so like the I from my experience like the coaching was very much different than actually like being in the management position um so like within the coaching for me it's just like um I kind of slid into it um I just retired from playing actively um and I believe it was like two or three weeks later I was asked to become assistant coach of the Swiss women's under 18 national team and for me it's just like okay you know it's it's a big opportunity I actually never thought of like coaching players before um but then again like just the way I'm thinking like I try and look at everything positive and and I really felt like okay this is this is a huge opportunity the head coach at the time I can learn lots from him and so for me it was all about just being a sponge like um taking that job and every every time like we we had camps or games and and tournaments it was just like okay like ready like squeeze out the sponge before I went to camp (laughs) I went to camp I was like a sponge like just taking in everything and and really like ask as many questions as I could like really um learn and also like question um stuff that that was being done or or being decided like question like why is it like that why do you take that decision like that rather than this and just like um kind of not being shy um to to ask questions and uh really being aware of the situation that I was in because I was new I was never a coach before so um kind of just like being open about the situation that you're in and then just soaking everything up that you can 
Yeah, oh, I, I can imagine. Definitely. I, I like the analogy of you, you wring out the sponge before you go and then you just bring in as much as you can. Like, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. That's the perfect way to describe it. Oh my gosh. Um, it's just like, like we were look like we said before, we were looking through your resume and you just have all these amazing accolades that you've accomplished. And, um, it's almost like you just have all these different experiences. It's incredible. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's been a, it's been great to pick your ear or pick your brain a little. I said, pick your ear. That's, that's a new one. <laughs> oh, it was a part of the human head. There it is. There it is. There's the icebreaker. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's close. That's a good know? thing we didn't open up the, the podcast with that. That would have been, uh, Florence, we're really looking forward to uh, picking your ears today. Um, I'm very happy to have yeah. you on. Um, it looks like you left, but uh, I don't know what happened. But um, how weird is it for you? Because obviously you were at the Olympics four times through 2006 and 2018. That this will be your first Olympics since 2002 that you're not involved in. So I am actually going to be involved. Ooh. Um, just just in a different position okay um, i didn't even know that that is so cool that's awesome <laughs> so, breaking but, news or we uh got sources here pierce yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah so um actually friday in the week um i am leaving for china as well oh that is and, awesome. uh, what what's happening is i'm a candidate for the ioc africa mission and so within like the whole Olympic team. I'm going to be traveling to China. I'm going to be part of the Olympic Games, um, but just like um, kind of run for um, run for for two open spots in that athletes commission. Wow, that's that awesome. So cool. what? I did. I did not even know that. So that, that's, <laughs> that's that's news what? to all of us. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a challenge because we're we're 17 uh, candidates for two spots. And um, all the athletes that take part at the Beijing Olympics, they are the ones that can vote um, for those 17 candidates. And obviously the two with the most votes get, get to be elected into that uh, athletes commission. Well, best of luck. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how to take this. Is this like breaking news on the podcast? Like we've got our own sources. Here. For um, us, at least, this is yeah, this is a uh, completely uh, fresh. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not breaking news. Um, <laughs> I was say, it's definitely not breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the list of candidates yeah. came out, I believe, in October or something. Mm. So. Oh. Uh, breaking for America, I guess. Is what yeah. I say. yeah. <laughs> for most of America, us uneducated folk. Have you have you ever been to China? Like, have you ever been to that part of the world? Yes, actually, oh. multiple times. Um, funny, funny story. Um, back in two thousand and two, I was in Beijing for the first time in my life, and. Um, during in 2002 there was this uh SARS pandemic in mm -hmm. China and at the same time in this pandemic the world championship was taking place and um so Team Switzerland and a lot of other um countries actually um oops um they actually um flew to China so we were there we started um you know our training 
Um, we had exhibition games and all of that. And actually it was Canada and the US didn't want to fly to China because of the SARS pandemic. Yeah. And it was like in all the newspapers, like pandemic was like, it was so badly written about and stuff. And people felt like we weren't going to be safe there. And so the IIHF actually canceled the world championship. And so we, we flew back home, which was very upsetting for me because it was supposed to be my first world championship. Um, but at the same time, like it was a pandemic in China. So like we understood. And uh, so that was my first experience in China. And then we had another world championship in 2008 in Harbin, um, which is somewhere in China. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in that uh, and, country. So then that was like my, my second experience um, in China. That's so crazy that you said like 2002. Like, how old would you have been? Like 13? That is that. Yeah. That is just. So I, I, think I, just I think I just turned 14. Oh, okay. God, oh, way, that, that's mind blowing to me. Um, what an experience. Every time I, she says something, I'm like comparing it to my pedestrian hockey life, and it's just like <laughs> the, the comparison. Like, I just started my first house team, like at the age of 13, 14. I was so proud of myself, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> I really wish I could have had that world championships we had there, but you know, whatever. In China, I'll just, I'll just go next year, whatever. It's you know, <laughs> um, just the usual Don life. I have a question to ask. What is like the? What do you think? Like just like playing hockey. Like who was the hardest like player you had to face against? Like whether like if you fear their shot or just any of that. Um, the hard. I guess I best the best way to put it is like the hardest player to get a read on because you don't know what they're gonna do. I'm. This is a hard question because yeah. <laughs> I played against the best female <laughs> hockey players in the world, so mm-hmm. they're all very, very good. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick one, um, I would pick my former teammate at Northeastern. That would be Kendall Kendall Coin Schofield. Oh, hey, there we go. Um, <laughs> I always rather had her playing with me than I had to play <laughs> against her. So, uh, just because, like, obviously she's a phenomenal hockey player. Um, the speech that she brings to the ice um, is incredible. She's heading to the Olympics again. Hey, she beat some NHL players with yes, her speed. She yeah, yes. she's she's no joke, man. She, she's a, she's yeah. what only a five two. No, she's not. Ooh. I don't think she's a tall person. <laughs> no, she's she's a speed demon, man. Yeah, she's she's super fast. Anyways, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any more questions to ask here? Because I want to get into obviously the most important part, like the lightning round question. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> uh, I can't say I have any other questions. Uh, Shmini, how about you? No, I'm I'm good. My internet's cutting in and out, so I'm just I'm smiling and waving at this point. Smile on floor and say thank you for answering all these questions. Seriously, yeah, you've been great. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um. So lightning round questions. It's basically just like. I don't know, like favorite TV show, favorite like the well, most important or, questions. Yeah, right obviously, here. the most important question. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll start off with that. What are some of your favorite TV shows? And uh, like, is there any like TV shows that are like made in Switzerland or something that I'm not aware of? Like that, that's what I, what I'm interested to hear about. Um, not sure, but I'm like my, I'd say like my favorite would always be Friends. 
Hey, yeah, uh, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Julie's an empty dude. What are some of your uh, favorite like uh, books to read? If you're a book reader. Um, I do read a lot of books. Um, they're all very like different, but mostly like um, in in terms of like personal development. Um, that's just like that genre. I I love to read that. Okay. Uh, some of your favorite music that could be just like a favorite artist, band, album, or whatever. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big of a like music person. Although I I love listening to music, I just like listen to the radio. Okay. So whatever you play, it's just radio. I kind of listen to that. And uh, obviously the most important question of all do you oh think pineapple God. belongs on pizza <laughs> yes no yes, yes, yes. no <laughs> we had you up until this point yeah. we had <laughs> you up until this point come on come on um i'm like i've grown more on the side i'm like it's pizza it's whatever i'll eat it but i think uh the feeling is Wait. both the other two what is it they have a positive mindset pierce you gotta just remind yourself yeah, exactly i'm, I'm like, lucky to have this pizza it, it, yeah, yeah that's the florence that's the florence shelling mindset that's yeah, why she is, likes it, it is what it is man exactly just happy just to have the pizza that's what matters <laughs> anyways again i don't know if he has any more questions to ask or we can uh, wrap this up no just thank oh. you so much for coming on <laughs> no seriously i i i i feel like uh, just amazed to say I was able to talk to you. Um, seriously, thank you for your time. Thank you for giving all of us your time um, and giving our listeners such a great show. Thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you again for having me, and I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay and you too. Just, yeah. Is it okay if I just say some words? Because um, I remember listening to your podcast that you do with Craig Custance. Like this is almost two years ago. At that point, I remember just listening to it. It was just such an interesting interview. And I'm like, I gotta find a way to get you on. And I remember, I'm pretty sure, like I sent like some kind of email, like probably close to two years ago now. So it's it's been awesome to have you on. That it finally came like to fruition. To that fruition, we're yeah. Um. So again, it was so it was so again just echoing the words of the other boys that was so fun to have you on and how engaging you were and the, how fun you were to talk to. And again, uh, I wish you best of luck and hopefully you get that a position with the IOC in China. That'd be so awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.